0: You hear the sound, it's your boy. Welcome to The Last Show Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the show. My name's Courtney Shane Williams. I'm the host of The Last Show Podcast, and this is how we get down when I get around to it. Gonna do a little something different today, but I am a stand-up comedian based out of Tampa, Florida. You can follow me, Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, I got a TikTok account, uh, YouTube, the whole shebang-a-bang. You can follow me there. You can see where I'm performing my stand-up comedy, Shtick. If you can't, my new album, Elevator Style, even if you can, my new album, Elevator Style, is out now. It's been out for about three weeks, man. All streaming platforms. If you don't know how to get it, go to my um, Instagram or Twitter. There's a link in the bio. You can go directly to it. Website, everything is on there. Check out my Spotify, which is going to be very important. So, um, I'm doing something a little bit different this episode. As I told you guys, the podcast may not be as consistent because your boy's working. And I may or may not be going out of town rather shortly. So it's been really tough. But with the holidays over, I had some time. So I had this concept that uh, I was thinking of, of, uh, of doing like some kind of supplemental album, director's cut sort of thing. So right now, uh, what you're hearing is basically going to be a combination of me uh, working um on uh on the what you call it me working on um uh the podcast at the same time doing a video all right so there's a slight pause and then we're gonna get the show started hello what's going on hey twitter no i shouldn't have did that that was terrible i'm glad i caught myself you know i mean i could have got canceled on something i put out so my name is courtney shan williams i'm a stand-up comedy. And uh, if you guys don't know, I just had an album come out with 800 Pound Gorilla Records about a few weeks ago um, called Elevator Style. Please check out the album. It's everywhere Spotify, Pandora, it's, it's XM Radio, it's everywhere. So check out the album. If you don't know, go to my Instagram, Twitter, at Courtney Shane. That's at K R R T N E Y. Shane, almost misspelled my name. And uh, you can check it out there. Go to my website, whatever. So I had this idea, like, what can I do to like promote the album? And uh, I was on the airplane, I'm doing a gig, and um, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, what can I do? And I was like, well, what if I did like a director's cut, like a behind the scenes? You know what I mean? Like, like what's that called when when people not driven? What's the other one called when when the artist goes off the rails? You know, you figure the untold stories. You know what I mean? When you figure out TLC sounded terrible, terrible contract. So I was like, what if I could do something like that, or or like a director's cut, you know what I mean, for an album? It's like, no one's thought of this, so it's like, great. So uh, I sat down, I jotted out some notes about the album, and so here's my attempt at a director's cut. This is for Elevator Style, my latest album. If you haven't already, go check it out. I think some of the stuff is pretty interesting, you know, behind-the-scenes stuff, some of the things that I was thinking when I put it together, and uh, things of that nature. So I hope you enjoy All right, let's get right up into the album. So I'm going to play the album, and while I play the album, I'll talk over the album at the same time. So hopefully that's not uh, as annoying. Oh. Hope I can stay on top. Oh. So this right here is the uh, intro. Back it down a little Relax. bit. Relax intro of the album 2020 roller coaster so the funny thing about it's this is simple, that man. i actually started writing this album in uh in 2017, 2017 oddly enough so out, when i first started working on this album oddly enough back that down a little bit more that's that is distracting i first started working on this album um like 2016 Uh, or no, 2017. So I recorded my last album, To Whom It Doesn't Concern, also streaming everywhere, in 2017. However, originally I was going to record it in 2016, and something happened. So for the next year, I was coming up with more material, so it ended up being some of the stuff on this album. The funny part about it is I learned some things. Number one, never work for a year on an album. Terrible 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 idea. Terrible idea. Um and number 2 uh when you have like the material that you want just kind of stick with it and don't beat it into the ground okay so it's like that's the problem with like a year so like I still had it and it was like great so you go out and you perform it and next thing you know I'm performing something for a year so by the time I get to the show it's basically me going through the mo- it's a it's a recital it's no longer a show it's no longer organic It's a recital. I know when the audience was going to laugh. I knew that when they were going to clap. I I knew when they were going to smile. I knew when they were going to grow. I knew everything the audience was going to do on my album in 2017. Because I had done it so many times in so many different venues. So on this album, I took like the complete opposite approach. Intro to 2020, this track right here. uh, The first time I did this track uh, was in Oklahoma City. Uh, during the pandemic I just started writing First time I did this track Was in Oklahoma City I recorded this comedy album A month later The first time I actually rec- Actually did this show The full album The first time I did this show on stage Was the night I recorded I probably I worked on material the for a while Bits and chunks and pieces And here and there But the first time I actually Put it together and did it on stage it was the first time was that night So, all in all, I never got sick of the material. I still do the material now, and it's even stronger than it was when I recorded the album, which is probably not something people want to hear, but that's what it is. So, I came up with this during the pandemic. I started writing, jotting some thoughts. Originally, this wasn't actually going to be on the album because I didn't know there was going to be a pandemic, you know? Little did I know Bill Gates, you know what I mean? He was holding the puppet strings. So... You'll come up later in the album What I was going to intro the album with Ended up becoming at the back of the album It's it just weird flip the order But because I had this The only way to get this on the album Was to intro with this album So that's how uh, intro to 2020 Became the intro And go to This bit right here CrossFit, Gluten, all these joints uh, This is one of those that like Almost didn't make it This was one of the tracks that I actually wrote in 2017 or Maybe 2016 hey, I was playing with it 2017 I wrote it and it was man, done that, uh, It was be, done uh, uh, um, But I knew if I didn't record it and get it on the album It was never going to get on the album That was it So this actually got on the album Just because I wanted it recorded on the album You know what I mean I wanted somebody to be able to search this track and go Rather than it just be something that, uh, that was there uh, Same thing Oddly enough Am I speeding through too fast? So I'm trying to get to the parts I like That's the weird thing about doing a project, you know, (laughs) it's like, hey, man, this is about me, you know, so this Morgan Freeman track, I'm going to let it play through a little bit. It's hard to talk and let it play at the same time. So this track about Morgan Freeman, me being a conspiracy theorist and Morgan Freeman being an old man in his entire life. I wrote this. I'm in about mm, 2015-ish, and it had like one line. I had the I Morgan Freeman line, franchise. and I had, um, I had the Morgan Freeman line uh, being an old man his entire life. And uh, that was basically it. It's all I had. Had nothing else. And then as I started doing more shows, I just started putting other stuff into this track that actually had they nothing to do with this track. I just needed more heft, and as I started putting more stuff into it, the meat of the track just got better. And and this is another one that uh, was something that I wanted to get on. This is um, and you know the funny thing in this track I actually had a Terry P- Perry line that I uh, that I took out of it. Uh, there was actually there's another line. There's a bunch of little lines in this in this album that uh, uh, I ended up taking out for you know for, for a lot of different reasons. One of the reasons, though, however, is that uh, especially the first half of this album, you'll notice when you listen, the first half of this album has more of a family vibe than the second half of the album, because I wanted the album, especially the first half, to be able to be played on, you know, uh, all ages radio stations on XM. I wanted it to be played, you know, whatever, YouTube, whatever, whatever. There's no cursing on the album, but there's definitely more adult material in the second half. So this is one of those things that I'm like, if I take out a couple of these lines, I can put it in the first half of the album and it's somewhere in the album where it'll get to more venues rather than having it in the second half. Because, you know, I mean, I want to take a jab at Tyler Perry, not because I know Tyler Perry, but because it's funny. So I took out one of those lines and then there's a uh, oh, there's another line in this track. I think I say um, uh, something about old people. Oh, yeah, yeah, I say this line about old people. I said, uh, uh, you know, anybody that owns a flip phone basically is a criminal. Anybody with a burner. I was like, you know, and then people will say, well, we bought my grandmother a jitterbug, and I just said, hey, well, congratulations, she's taking Snapchat pictures of her crotch. You can't say that on all ages, so I just took out that Snapchat joke. End up doing the Morgan Freeman joke, man. So this is, uh, is kind of how it went, man. Morgan, I got a question for you. Where do you get the cream for your face, man? You have the smoothest old black man skin I've ever seen in my life, dog. The freckles kind of throw me off. I don't know why well, they put those on the costumes. This nigga move. And then he's gonna do it. Morgan Freeman's gonna do it. He's gonna pull me to the back. He's said, like, hey, Courtney, watch this. He's gonna unzip his face to reveal Benjamin Button. I'm gonna catch him. Brad Pitt is behind that mask, dude. I'm convinced. So, um... I That's that track. A, a now, uh, during, during this is the pandemic, turning point part weird. of the album for me. Father, uh, uh, for me. During the pandemic, my daughter this is when four. I start talking about. So, like this part of the album, once, I think this is track, what, of like four, something like that? Yeah, track four. Father, but so, track four through <laughs> basically so just took my seven you know <laughs> kind of was one After, big oh, joke. I but I had to break it up. So, you'll notice these tracks have much more heft and they're much thicker. So, this kids ahead drive slow track is something i thought of a long time ago and i used to do once again bits and pieces as the pandemic started i started rolling it in i started doing these weird uh web shows like these zoom comedy shows so you needed stuff so i was like ah, i got this kids bit so i would do these kids bits and throw some stuff in there and whatever what happened, though, oddly enough, I is like this chunk, like, kind of you know, started growing. An baby, and really? once I kind of started performing, because I that live in Florida, so it never is shut you down, know? <laughs> do? so never yeah, shut down. you know, <laughs> do? Do? I used to I perform right <laughs> in a hazmat suit. So once I started performing, like, it had more heft, and next thing you know, this kid's chunk became tremendously long, 20 minutes. So, man, I'm sweating. This was the backbone of my show, was this bit right here. What? Uh, the whole kids chunk became the backbone of like the show. So I'm like, I got this. So when I decided to break it up into the first half, second half of the album, I knew I wanted all the kids stuff to be up in the first half of the album. So this was probably the edgiest track I had. So I actually took stuff out of this track and uh, made it to where it could be played on all stations. But this is still like one of my favorite bits on he the album. This the bit, he's done. <laughs> Probably gets one of the biggest pops. The only black dude wearing Skechers is Danny Glover. I'm convinced, <laughs> it's the only one. Uh, but this is a weird so now night. So I'm power walking with my family. We're bonding, social distancing on our power walk. Now, I, uh, I live in a mixed income neighborhood in, in Florida. So, you know, the one reason I like living in a mixed income neighborhood, couple reasons. Number one, I like living around the element of danger. You know what I mean? Something that makes your hair stand up and lets you know you're alive, you know? You hear a sound, oh, is that fireworks or gunshots? Oh, you know, let's check the mail. You know what I mean? It's the space I live in. Another reason. I like living in a mixed income so uh, neighborhood. Uh, it's very so de- another thing I noticed, if, if you have children, three is that's a good number of like kids. This is like when I started talking yeah, about like kid, my daughter, my family, but I really nice. linked it in together. You get more than three kids, This bit sudden, is actually kind of coupled with the next up. bit. That, that, that's I'm a, a sad right day in everybody's life. I remember when my when my wife so got pregnant. That was the craziest thing when she This is probably the first part of the album when we get into like what I think is like. But my talent, my artistry, whatever you want to call it. Well, I mean, I want to call it stank. You know, you know what I mean? This is when I started putting some stank on it right out. here. <laughs> Back born, up. Baby, here comes the ego. Uh, this is when we get to the album like this is You're this, this track's about my wife having a baby, which is 100 true. was was written right there. I would say this is probably the point in my did, career is, when I wrote this. Get uh, all it, when I started writing like this, this is when my daughter was born. So we talked about four hey, years Williams, ago. You ready uh, I a had a concept break? of this, and uh, immediately you know this it came works. out great. Uh, first time, great. But the bit was a really, really, really slow burn. It was super slow. Uh, like the birthing process, oddly enough So as I did it and as I started working And one thing that's going to become the backbone of a lot of, of me going through this album Is going to be me just basically performing and working the bit Like when when I have a joke or a bit It doesn't come out usually as finished I kind of start from a concept And once I get the concept Then I start weaving around the concept But the concept is still the most important thing. So that's it. I mean, I do some observational stuff, um, but the concept is it. This was the first time I went into actually creating something that was a story. This was the first bit I wrote that was a story from the very beginning. There was no concept. It was this thing happened. Let me explain this thing. And this chunk is probably... When I first, it's probably like seven, eight minutes when I first wrote it. It ended up being 20 minutes. I cut it down for this album because, as you do it, it gets longer, drawn out, whatnot. So I cut it down. Plus, once again, I wanted it to be heard on all these stations. It's weird to like compromise because I wanted to be on these all ages station, all ages stations, or be played in all these venues. When I know it's much funnier when I put all this other stuff in. So there is a compromise there. But guess what? It doesn't bother me. It is what it is. I got no problem with you know business plus i also think it's cool like i would have comedians artists uh musicians whoever you would go to the show and it would sound different from the album i always thought that was so cool even like one of the comes to mind is um wanted richard Pryor like live it it doesn't sound like you know the special you hear stuff on there it's like whoa that's not on it. i always thought that was cool so you know at one point in time that might have affected me like ah, i need to do it the way it's supposed to be done now i don't really care you know what i mean i'm here for the money (laughs) let's be honest man once a shout out to 800-pound gorilla and when we had a conversation they're like yo dude as much stuff as you can get on all ages man the better for you (laughs) like hey no problem back up and watch me work so this uh this is the one you gotta have a, a wristband. If you wanna have a baby, just FYI. You gotta, the wristband is what identifies you to the baby, okay? If you don't have a wristband, you don't get to take the baby home. Which is convenient if you don't want the baby. But, I would work for nine months. I wasn't about to walk away from this baby, right? Let me get two wristbands, boss, a good wristband. Wife came in, I snapped her up. I'm snap. it's time to go. They put her in the bed. They, they hook the, the the put all these monitors on her stomach. They hook her to a machine. This is a pain machine. This machine lets me know how much pain she's in. It's The machine is so good, I know when pain's coming before she knows pain's coming. That's how great the machine is. I'm looking, oh my, oh, whoa, there's a lot of pain coming. What, huh? Ah! Wow, that's right. Stay woke. I'm running this pain machine. Locked in. The pain got so intense. At one point, she got out of the bed and started walking around the room. i probably let this track play through at longer point, than any of the uh, other trucks. I got in the bed. You know what I mean? Somebody should be comfortable. It's a $5,000 bed. You know what I mean? Paying for this bed. I knew what to do, I've been to all the classes. I was like, relax, I know what to do. I was chanting out commands, hey baby, you're strong. Yeah, yeah, you're you're the strongest strongest woman. That's you are the Black Panther. That's right, you can do it. I yelled that in the hospital room, which is awkward because she's white. But. (laughs) Every time, a script is a script so funny and i am gonna back this down a little bit while I play so um all that all that happened not exactly like that but all that happened it was a, it was a crazy experience you know watching my uh my wife had a have a child and as I did the uh, there's so many little I just know when the audience is gonna laugh so like when I do that line about the Black Panther I just uh threw it out there one time you know what I mean and it was it was fantastic and, and then it, it worked so like as i do this joke this one especially and i noticed this as as i started writing because there's another bit coming up that's like my strongest one of my strongest stories as i start writing these stories bits it's like i know where it's going and they kind of have no clue so watching them react like gives me a laugh at the way they're reacting when i know it's coming you know what i mean it's just it's different. It's so much different than doing like observational material. Because when you do observational material, it's just bang, 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 bang. Even if you do like a what's the deal What the you're kind of doing it together. You know what I mean? When you're doing a story, it's kind of like back up and just believe what I'm doing. You know, I think about like like somebody like Cosby or I think about like like Eddie Murphy Delirious when he's doing the Goonie Goo Goo. He knows where that's going as he's doing it. And if you rewatch Delirious, don't, not, not when you're done listening to me, if you rewatch Delirious, when he starts that bit, they're not laughing as hard as they are by the end of the bit. But by the end of a story bit, the audience now trusts you. And if you're really good, the audience is invested in the characters. And if you're really, really good, they believe everything you say about the characters is true. So I want to apologize to my are wife you? and my daughter. <laughs> so uh, I kissed the baby. I was like, And then I wiped my mouth immediately. <laughs> I don't know where this baby's been. She had juice on her elbow. I was like, Who has wet elbows, son? Your elbows should be dry at all times. Let me just be honest with you. I never trusted her from that day. I was like, yo, her elbows are wet, man. So we're sitting there been with my wife for a long time. Right. Skip been through married, that, man. Going full bit on the uh, close to 10 years. Yeah, full thing it you know out. So it's getting close. Uh, just relax. This this starts the second relax half of the day. Relax, everyone. This is the line of demarcation. It's for weird all thing, you thing now, because people will call okay? me and they'll be like, hey, so Courtney, you're married. This wow. dating you've been married a long time. Yeah, 70% it? of it is true. Yeah, you know how I do 30% it? 30% is Divorce not true It's a huge exaggeration. Now and a lot the of the things I saw Especially in this the bit, you know, you and the reason come I'm giving like such a disclaimer Googling. is because oh, man, the uh, the amount of people that apparently think oh, dude, what you see on world. stage is true is 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 is, uh, <laughs> is is mind blowing. I mean, come on, you think I would talk about you know, my personal life with you? I just met you. You're a stranger with a mask on. I'm creeped out. So the whole thing is about Any so, um, about Originally I had this idea of like uh, okay. You know this Don't dating idea perfect, And originally the people. dating Everybody's Chunk defective. was oh what if I My wife asked me to go out on a date That, you that you was the first thing asked. because some people are Like oh you got to keep dating when you're married So I had this idea like going out on a date That's How do you date somebody you live with So it started there Then I had this idea of like Love not being that big of a deal This is just an evolution of like what I thought about relationship because you know you read books or you you hear something and you realize like if you're married like if, if love is all that mattered, then a lot of people wouldn't be divorced, right? So I'm like, you can't gotta be love. it got to be something else. So I had this idea of like, you know, coexisting. So then dating, coexisting. And then my wife is a snitch. That part is true. <laughs> that is the 70%. Okay. So then I had this dating, coexisting, and snitching. So love is just a thing that helps you not kill them in their sleep. That's what love is. This, uh, I'm going to let it know. You got to coexist. It's, it's about building up enough assets with another person to the point that you can't leave.
1: That's the secret of the game.
0: That's the secret. Everybody in here has thought about killing their spouse. That's how you know the relationship is working, right? You see them sleeping at night, oh, I would choke him with that pillowcase if I could. I need somebody to pay half this rent, though, no, huh? You live to see another day. So it's funny like when you do these things